Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and today we're going to talk about the possible delay of iPadOS 16 till October, and could that mean new hardware releases, some of the improvements in iOS 16 with the wallet and files app, iPhone 14 rumor roundup, and maybe even do some iOS 17 wish list. And to join me this week is my friend across the pond, William Gallagher. How's it going, William? Hello, it is going. Uh, it's going, really? That, it's that, going. That'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's going. If I'll be uh, if I have to cut out some sniffs and coughs from your side, don't feel bad, William. That's all I'm going to say. No, I will say um, I do have COVID and it's like a heavy cold, but it's also sometimes making me slightly delirious. So if I start saying Android is great or something, you know, <laughs> call for help. Okay. Well, and thank you for doing this, even with COVID. We hope you get well soon. Thank you. And uh, yeah, if you get delirious, I mean, maybe that'll make for an even better show. Maybe this <laughs> show can just go off the rails and it would just totally something crazy happens, William. Ted Lasso is wonderful. Oh, uh, see, you can't do that to us. You can't do that to us. So, yeah, I'll know you're delirious. If you ever come on this show, that's how I'll know you're a pod person. If you ever come on the show and said, I just watched both seasons of Ted Lasso. I'll know that's not William Gallagher. You're an imposter. I'll know for sure. I'll know for sure. Okay. Well, let's thank some five-star reviews because we have some amazing listeners giving us five stars. Sold Ship 50A from the USA. Thomas Monaghan from Australia, way down under. That's awesome. Uh, I think this is your friend, William, OXFD1364. OX, think, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, OX, yep, you know him uh, for yeah. sure from the USA. Machete underscore from the USA. That's an interesting name. That's that's good. And Sway Police from Sweden. He gave us 10 stars. Not oh, legitimately, right. he just said that in the comment, but he gave us five stars. Except Sold Ship 58. Are there really 57 other Sold Ships in the world? That's a good, that's a good question. You know... I don't know how you feel about this, William. I heard the ATP guys talking about this, but do you ever have to create an account on a website that requires a username different than your email address? Yeah. Do you ever encounter that? Yeah. I find that to be one of the most ludicrous things to do in 2022. You have my email address. Every reasonable website uses that as the username. Don't make me create uh, sold ship 58 because there's 57 other ones you know what i mean yes. hopefully pass key solves all of it i've ended up using fruitless name search 99 sometimes <laughs> uh just yeah, yeah. you spend so long trying to find one that fits that always lets me through so there's a little tip for you is that yeah. legitimately a username that you use i really do use that yes <laughs> oh no well if you have that gmail address expect some spam from our listeners <laughs> they're, they're, they're gonna try it out uh, interesting tidbit of the show. Wes was on last week, of course, and uh, we were talking about the show on the show, you know, my, a meta discussion. And Wes says he listens every other week, which I assume that means he listens only to his episodes. But he corrected me. He said he only listens to the shows that you're on, William. He appreciates you. On the oh, show. right. That's very nice. I've heard the two of you talking about me and Ted Lasso oh. before. Uh, it feels rude listening in to those. But okay. Well, but you're you're always on the very next week to defend yourself or uh, or, or try. Uh, yeah, open okay. arms. Yeah, very good. Now, what I want to know, William, the Brompton Road Apple Store officially opened, and I saw many pictures. I was looking like a Where's Waldo. I was looking for William Gallagher in the background. Mm -hmm. I can only assume you were behind the camera. Is that accurate at this uh, store opening? Yes, I, I took all of the photographs. Oh, yes, that was good. all. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's rotten. There's somebody. I'm claiming uh, credit for their work. <laughs> You're doing credit, there. Yeah. Because they're actually incredible photos, and the yeah. store looks amazing. I mean, it's very, there's trees 
literally in this store. It's beautiful. I mean, yes. it is a massive Apple store. Beautiful. It looks like a wooden ceiling, wooden slat ceiling with can lights and, and trees inside. Have you been able to go physically? I mean, not feeling well. It probably didn't go. No, it's uh, it would be an entire day for me to get there sure, sure. and back. So, no. No, but uh, this one, I mean might be worth the trip i mean this this one is is serious i'm very tempted yeah i didn't see that tim cook actually went for the opening so you didn't miss him no. so so no 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 feelings there but i did read some things to the architects talking about what they did what they were trying to do how they were trying to honor the space that was there originally and it's just riveting stuff the care that goes into these things it's wonderful Apple thinks about these things, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just not flying off the seat of their pants. They said it's yeah. a calm oasis in a bustling and vibrant part of London. Yes. Very cool. Well, we're going to play a little game, William. This is, does William have this utility on his Mac? That's this okay. game here. And, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about how many, you have over 200 applications on your Mac, including utilities. Mm -hmm. I'm always amazed that you have a utility for everything. Right. You have a utility to, uh, you know, toggle the security and privacy setting of full disk access. I mean, you have a utility for everything. And so I have three here, uh, two from our listeners and one from myself. I want to know if you got these. This is from okay. John Dree from South Africa. He uses a utility called Stay. It's for window management. And because he uses multiple displays, he finds that macOS is not the best at remembering window positions across multiple displays and he uses a utility called stay and he finds it works very well do you use stay no i do not oh however i would point out that on my mac right now um i do window control through keyboard maestro i also have a shortcut that does various things and i have moom mosaic and magnets all installed because i was testing them trying to find oh and better touch <laughs> tool does it as well of so course, i have f uh, is that five window managers but not stay all right now you're just showing off now william and i had not yeah but i'm beaten aren't i <laughs> yeah. on this one okay well but i mean i had actually never heard of i think three of those that you just mentioned would you say magnet magnet moom and mosaic they're, they're magnet, all moom. window management things and better touch tools also very good yes for this uh too I'll put links to all those utilities in the show notes if our listeners are interested a second one this is from derek seaman on twitter he uses a tool called Open In, and it's a for managing web browsers, so you can control what links open in what web browsers. I had not heard of this. William, have you heard of Open In? Certainly heard of it, but no, I have not oh, used. Don't have that. Okay. No, I'm I'm quite a Safari fan. I want everything to open sure. in there. Uh, you know, there's sometimes things can't, and that's a pain. You have to schlep over to Chrome to do things. But for the odd time that happens, I'm all right with it. But Interesting. William just subtweeted me live on this podcast because the what we're using to record this show can't be used in Safari. So yes. he is forced to use Chrome right now. Yes. That, that was a subtweet. I get it. That's fine. <laughs> I'm so clever, even in the middle of delirium, aren't I? The, the, the subtext. God. Yeah, you're okay. just as fast, William. No sickness is going to take away that wit. Still got it. Okay. Still <laughs> got it. This last one is from me, a utility for quickly typing emoji. It's called Rocket. Right. We've actually spoken about it before. Have you yes. used Rocket? No, because I don't ever, ever use emojis at all. See, William, this ever. is just, I don't understand that. I, do, I mean, I, I keep forgetting. I need to send you more emojis to get you in the mood. Right. To, uh, to do it. William, a thumbs yeah, up. Please. Isn't a thumbs up quicker than saying affirmative or received? Even got it. I mean, just do a thumbs up. 
no, I tend to get people replying to me with a smiley face. And I look at that and I think, was it funny what I said to them? Are they happy <laughs> about what's going on? Or if they, they just can't be bothered to actually say what they mean. That's what I think of when I get oh, smiley face emojis. I... So, you know. Listen, a picture's worth a thousand words. So an emoji is worth at least 50. I would think. I mean, a, a well-placed emoji. In Slack, you know, we're in a Slack together, the Apple Insider Slack. Yeah. And you can react to individual messages with emoji. Do you ever do that? No. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's cool. <laughs> what I'm going to do is, I don't know if you know this, but Slack allows you to upload images to be used as emoji. Oh, no, I, I didn't gonna, know that. Right. I'm going to make an emoji of your face and I'm going to use it in Slack at you. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Okay, that that's not alarming at all. Um, <laughs> I can't okay. wait. I can't wait. That's going to be great. Right. Very good. <laughs> now, this last utility, this is not a Mac utility, but this is actually brand new. Um, I was curious if you had seen it before we talk about it on the show. Have you seen the new utility called Banish? No. What's that do? Banish is a brand new utility for Safari on your iOS and iPad devices. It is. I first saw it from John Gruber. He did an article on it. It's like $2, I think. But this utility is amazing. It is a content blocker for Safari. But the only thing it blocks is the open-in screens that pop up when you maybe follow a Reddit link or oh. TikTok link or whatever. And when those websites annoyingly say, yeah. hey, you should go to the app to watch this or you should go read this in the Reddit app, this utility blocks all of those. So if you click a Reddit link, you don't see that huge drawer of, do you want to open it in Safari or the Reddit app? Like, I actually just want to see the thing I clicked on. Well, this utility eliminates those. This is worth Excellent. $20, I think, but it's just $2. It's an amazing utility. Oh, I'm having that. Thank you very much. Yes. It's it's amazing. Banish, that is for iOS and iPad. It's a great one. We'll put a link in the show notes to that. And one more piece of follow-up before we get to iPad and iOS 16 is Read It Later services. I had several people on Twitter in a thread actually talk about what they use to save articles to read later or even watch later. And so this is Stevens915 on Twitter. And then James Prochnow also chimed in. I'm curious, William, do you use a third-party app to save articles or links to read later, or do you just use first-party stuff? I utterly love the newsreader, uh, Reader, R-E-A-D-E-R. And most of the time I use it for reading straight news, but it has a read it later ability. And also it syncs with, um, I think it's Instapaper as well. So I have one app that has all of those for it. I like Pocket, I like Instapaper, but Reader is where I go for my live news. So it's also where I can go for sitting back and reading longer articles. That's interesting. I actually use Reader all the time in preparation for this show, because I actually do all my news reading through RSS. Mm -hmm. Reader 5 is an incredible app. Yeah. Beautifully Love designed, it. syncs across all my devices, but I actually forgot or wasn't aware that it had a Read It Later feature yeah. to start using that. That's pretty yeah. slick. Um, I liked Pocket, like you said. I used to use Pocket, and it does a nice job of displaying both video links, like if it's a YouTube link, and articles kind of in a visually pleasing way. So Pocket is a good one. Mm. Instapaper, like you mentioned, that's kind of one of the OGs, as they yes. say. Instapaper was one of the original read later services, even before Apple had a built-in option. And then an app I actually just uh, learned about recently was Raindrop. Andrew O'Hara actually mentioned it. It's a little pricey for 
I'll read it later service, especially when you have free options out there. But Raindrop is another option that uh, people can check out. I'll put links to all of that. I've not heard of that one. I've actually stopped using third-party read it later services and really just rely on Apple's reading list. My typical process for reading something later is adding it to a read it later thing and then never opening it again. Yes. So yes. I figure, well, why pay for that when I can just use Apple's read it? Reading list. It's called reading list. Yeah. So I, I use the built-in reading list. It's gotten pretty good. Syncs between all my devices. It's Apple's solution. So it's pretty good. One interesting tidbit, this is what James Prochnow on Twitter actually brought up, was that if you're reading articles in the news app, even if you have like Apple News Plus, there is not an option to save those in something like the reading list, as far as I can tell. Even if you have like I pay for the Apple One subscription bundle. And if you go to the news app, I'm gonna do it right now as I talk because I want to make sure this I'm speaking properly here. If I share story, you might be able to add it with a shortcut, but there is not kind of like a built-in ready-made add to reading list. There is a save story option, but the save story only allows you to access those saved stories in Apple News, not your reading list. Like they don't sync. I imagine this doesn't talk because when it comes to News Plus articles and Apple News articles, Apple has some content deals with publishers for advertising and there's no content blockers in apple news and so some of those ad deals i imagine are incumbent on those ads being displayed in certain news articles and so apple really wants you to read them in the news app i imagine for that reason and so doesn't make it super easy to get out you can just get a link for an article there's a copy link option and if you create a shortcut you can add it to your reading list that way but i imagine it's because of some of those content and publishing deals that Apple really wants you to read news articles in the news app. I use Apple News all the time. I have the Apple One bundle as well. The thing I can't abide with Apple News is there are certain newspapers here in the UK, like The Sun, that I've blocked because all human beings should block this dreadful thing. (laughs) And fine, it's gone. I don't see the stories. But where you would normally see a picture, a headline and a a stand first for it, I get this massive white space with a line in the middle saying, you block the sun do you want to see it anyway so as i'm scrolling through the feed i will have loads of these and there are times when all that's on my screen on my phone is you blocked this kind of thing wow i blocked it i'm never bringing it back nobody would why can it not just go from my feed but yeah i mean listen i don't know how our listeners feel about content blockers in general but especially the ones that automatically accept or reject the cookie banners Mm. I find I find that almost to be necessary to just view the web today, especially on a phone, because so often I will click a link to an article and no part of the article is visible. Yeah, there is a sign up for this newsletter pop up that appears almost immediately. In addition to the cookie banner, I have to accept or reject. And then also a do you want to pay for this publication to receive more articles per month? And I I, I don't know. Yeah, I that's probably I should just stick to Apple News. Is that why you do it? It's just a cleaner experience. Most of the time. Uh, occasionally when I get things like that, a site that's unreadable, I, if I switch to the reader view, I will get the article yes. I wanted, but not all the time. And yes, it does seem this barrage of things getting in the way. Uh, like 10 minutes ago, I, I found an interesting article that um, I went through and all of that happened. And when I cleared all the stuff out of the way, the article wasn't there. It just literally wasn't on the site at all. So I don't know what's <laughs> gone out of sync with it, but I slept through getting rid of this and that and was disappointed. Until recently, it felt like when something was digital, whether it was published or on the web, a video, an article, 
that it would always be there and you didn't have to worry, you know, you could just save the link and always return to it. Mm. And now with unsending iMessages and like you said, sometimes articles changing or disappearing, I wonder if we're going to enter like a, a new kind of pack ratting where people just will like save everything to a PDF file and just save everything from iMessage conversations to websites and articles which Apple does make it easy to like print a PDF an entire website, you know, not just like yeah. page by page, but you can just get one super long PDF. I don't know. You ever have that urge to just save something as a PDF? Well, sometimes because I use Scrivener to write in sometimes, and that has this gorgeous binder thing that lets you have your manuscripts. Yes, but also as much research as you like. You can drag in websites today, you can drag in PDFs. And sometimes, you know, that's the thing you're using for research is going to change, but you want it as it is now. Just drag that in as it is. I find that very useful. Yeah. Yes. I hadn't thought of it in that way, but pack writing, yes, that is me. And, I, and I'm somewhat of a of a digital pack rat when it comes to like these podcast recordings. My 14 inch MacBook Pro was nearing like 200 gigabytes free out of a terabyte. And once it gets around to that one to 200 gigabytes free, I like to do a little bit of cleanup. Are there any large files? And going into the you know Apple icon, going to the storage menu, seeing the large files, it kind of it nicely shows you large files and you can sort by biggest. I have many, many uncompressed wave files that are almost a gig because of all the podcast recording I have done. Mm. And so I try to fight the pack rack instinct and just delete wave mm. files of the episodes that are already published. i'm I'm never going to do anything with those raw wave files. That's my pack ratting. That's hard, though, isn't it? Deleting anything is hard. It is. It, it always feels like even like screen recordings, you know, I'll, I'll have long screen recordings from like a tutorial video I did, and I really have no need for it anymore, but it just, I don't know. It feels like it shouldn't cost to save it, but when you look at that SSD space, you realize there yeah. is a cost. <laughs> you have to, yes. You have to <laughs> delete it. You just got to delete it. But anyway, actually, real quick, before we talk about iPadOS 16, might be delayed some hardware. This is actually, I think, the only episode this year that will not have a sponsor. We do not have a sponsorship this episode. And so I just thought it'd be nice to take a moment and thank you all, the listeners, for being incredible, all the many five-star reviews. And we have such a good amount of paid supporters. We actually have ads already booked for the rest of the year. And so not worried about that at all. But just want to thank those who actually support the show directly. And listener, if you want an ad-free version of the show for the rest of the year and going forward, patreon.com slash Apple Insider or many, actually a, a vast majority of our paid supporters do it directly in Apple Podcasts. And so just want to thank all of those who support us directly and for those who listen and listen to the sponsorships and engage with our sponsors because many of them return because you guys are awesome. So thank you, audience. All right, iPadOS 16. German came out, German reporting for Bloomberg that it will be delayed possibly until October, not released with iOS 16 and the new iPhones that should be coming in September, but that it will be delayed until there's new iPad hardware to coincide with the iPadOS 16 release. And this will be the big stage manager update, should be desktop class app APIs that developers can work into, plus things like Freeform, the app that Apple mentioned, of course, no release date on that, but that iPadOS 16 will come later than iOS 16, and if there is new hardware, what could that possibly be? Of course, in the running, we have the M2 iPad Pro. It's been, it'll be over 18 months, I think, by the time October rolls around, so we could see an M2 iPad Pro, possibly an updated iPad Air with an M2, since that's also an M1 device, although that would be a shorter release cycle. They might just reserve the M2 for the iPad Pro. And of course, 
there's the base model 10.2 inch iPad, which just this week, there were some CAD files that leaked that possibly shows a flat-sided iPad that could be having that base model transition to the same flat side design as the iPad Air, iPad Mini, and iPad Pro, and the whole iPad lineup will then have the same hardware design. So tell me, William, do you think we're gonna see any of this hardware come October? This isn't really what you're asking, but I, I, I get bothered every year at WWDC, particularly actually more with the watch than anything else. But there they are saying what's coming in watch OS 8 or 9 or 10 or whatever it is. And we know that there are going to be hardware features in the watch. So they're telling us stuff that we know is incomplete. And why don't they just wait till they bring the watch out and then show us all of these things? And it seems to me like iPads have now gone the same way, that presumably the delay is because there are things that would be revealed in the code if we didn't bring mm. out early and I don't mind them being revealed in the code it was fine but if Apple wants to keep a surprise I just I'm not sure how much different there can be how much difference there can be in new iPads M2 yes uh, and I love that flat-sided design mm. but is it going to be so transformative that iPad OS 16 is going to be revolutionary in some way that we don't yet expect i i don't know and that, that's the question um, i was actually talking to a, a special guest that's coming on for an interview actually in a soon released episode but a new ipad pro m2 obviously it'll be updated chip but after the chip they could bring the mini led xdr oh, yeah. display to the 11 inch but that wouldn't be anything new for the larger 12.9 inch ipad hardware wise i mean there's not much to change it's it's a display on the front and it's flat on the back you could have the rumors of wireless charging to an iPad, although that doesn't feel like a huge selling point. I don't think they're going to add more ports. It's already a Thunderbolt port on there. You're not going to get no. two Thunderbolt ports or an SD card slot on there. So yeah, I feel like it's just going to be M2, maybe wireless charging. And I wonder if it will be a software release that coincides with iPadOS 16, like Final Cut <laughs> finally coming. Right. to the iPad. And so this way, the event is M2 iPad Pro, iPad OS 16, now supporting Final Cut. What do you think? Is that reasonable? No. No, you don't I'm think sorry. so? You don't think so? No, everybody's wanted that for so long. I mean, I don't touch it. I'm fine with it being on the Mac. I like Final Cut Pro on the Mac. Um, I wouldn't be using my fingers with it as much, but... Yeah, no. If we have Final Cut Pro, then we get Logic Pro. We start getting all of the Mac apps, I think, and and I just don't see that happening yet. I mean, what do I know? But it doesn't feel likely. Whereas you, I think, are just so hopeful that you want it to be true. Yes. Well, listen. I mean, I would have said, and many people thought, the ability to publish apps from the iPad would never happen. Mm. And while we don't have Xcode on the iPad, Swift Playgrounds was updated enough to actually publish an app. You can actually develop and publish an app to the App Store all from the iPad without ever touching a Mac, sure. which is a pretty big deal, you know, and that's something that was not really thought of that it would happen. So I am inclined to say maybe, oh, get this, William, here it is. Yeah. Maybe they bring back the Final Cut Express branding and they release Final Cut Express for the iPad and Final Cut Pro stays on the Mac. And so it doesn't have all the features, doesn't have all the maybe plug-in abilities like Final Cut on the Mac and all that, doesn't have motion, but you get Final Cut Express. What do you think uh, is that likely? 
It's an iMovie on the iPad. Listen, listen, William, William, don't talk to me about iMovie. <laughs> listen, my kids use iMovie all the time. It's a great application, very powerful for what it is. But if you're used to editing and Final Cut, iMovie does not feel like an alternative. And even if it's even if Final Cut Express, I'm just going to say it, on the iPad, at least functions similarly to Final Cut on the Mac, where controls and visual layout has some resemblance to Final Cut on the Mac, I think that I think that's worth it. Mm. I think it's worth it. We should have a shout out right now to LumaFusion, which is a full-blown video editing thing on the iPad and is very good. But That is very true. Friend of the show, Fernando Silva, uses LumaFusion and others I know on YouTube will use it. And I've I've used it. I've edited a video with it and it is it's a very powerful application for sure. And it is the one option. If you want to edit video on iPad, that is the app to use. And I think there's room for another. Like Final Cut Express. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying there. I'm going to say it until it comes true. But now base model iPad, I mean, there could always be easy upgrades there, like upgrading the chip, maybe a slightly better camera. New body style would probably be enough in that base model iPad to, mm. you know, encourage people to maybe wireless charging on the base model, especially with, I mean, I don't know about education. I don't, I don't see a school buying a bunch of Qi chargers and installing them in tables, but no. I don't know. Do you think that wireless charging is a thing? Is that ever going to come to iPad? I remember being told ages ago that it was too difficult to do wireless charging on an iPad. That a phone was smaller and could handle it, but an iPad needs more, would take longer to charge, and it just wasn't practical for some reason. And I don't remember who told me this. I don't remember why they said it. You're in the middle of the conversation, so suddenly coming out with that. But I believed them. <laughs> and sure. I realize I'm actually, as much as I like MagSafe and Right now, my iPhone is charging wirelessly, and it's very handy. I'm not really that fussed about it. I plug my devices in overnight. They charge the next day. I don't think about it. So it doesn't feel like a, a must-have feature for me. Probably a nice feature to have, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe something with a smart connector and charging Yeah. instead of like a Qi charging thing. But either way, it looks like iPadOS 16. You're going to have to wait till October. You always want that public beta. I'll say developer beta 4 running on my iPad Pro has been pretty good. Battery life is much better, pretty stable, not having weird crashes and stuff. So if you want to jump on some of the betas now, I think it's safe-ish. But your mileage may vary. Yes. This, is, this, is not, this is not a promise that your device will be fine. I'd always caution if you're going to do it. How, is, how have your beta devices been? Because I know you got the beta on a few, right? Yeah, I have actually had some problems with the phone uh, recently. Trying to answer calls, would you believe, is suddenly not working. No, that's a feature. That's not a bug. <laughs> that's a feature. <laughs> I don't want anybody calling My mother me. phones me and I'm stabbing away at the button trying to oh, answer it. Yeah, and yeah, it won't okay. do it. And it's quite... Yeah, that doesn't go down very well for it. But Yeah, yeah you do. Okay, okay, okay. You, you need to be able to get calls from your mom. Yes, I get that. Exactly. Well, I want to highlight a couple iOS 16 features. We've talked, you know, in the past about the custom lock screens and things like that. But two features that we highlighted this week in articles. One is delivery tracking in wallet. Mm. I'm very much looking forward to this feature. This is going to be when you use Apple Pay for a purchase on your iPhone, iPad, or even the Mac. That purchase will be synced across your devices and you'll be able to track that delivery directly in the wallet app. And it will have, you know, on its way, progress, to, you know, delivery date, all that kind of stuff. This is an interesting feature because FedEx, especially in the U.S. here, has eliminated the ability for third-party package tracking apps to actually access the delivery date and progress mm. in that app. You actually have to just 
click a link and it will load in a web browser. I use the deliveries app. I've used deliveries for a long time. I really love it. And it works really well with Amazon deliveries and UPS and United States Postal Service. But FedEx deliveries now just show up as this can only be viewed online. And you have to click a button and actually load the FedEx website. I would be curious how FedEx treats these Apple Pay purchases. If Apple is going to force that delivery tracking or do some kind of back-end magic to make the delivery date and progress shown in the wallet, either way, whether FedEx cooperates or not, or if FedEx will actually allow this tracking in the wallet app, unlike in something like deliveries. Do you have any parcel services over there in the UK that have eliminated this ability to use third-party apps? No, but we have the Royal Mail, which will every now and again uh, send you a text message to say your parcel will arrive on blank, no date at all, and then says, if you're not going to be in, let us know. Uh, <laughs> so we don't have the highest technology here in delivery services. <laughs> okay. Now, what, what other... Do you have UPS and FedEx over there though, right? Yes, I think called DHL, and usually it's which is the worst today kind of feel mm. rather than. When you order an Apple product, what does it get delivered by usually? Uh, it tends to be DHL, oh. and I know this because I've seen the the uh, truck driving away from my house while I'm standing at the door, and it's telling <laughs> me I wasn't there. Yeah, so you know. Oh. Yes. Listen, that listen. There are a lot of terrible things in this world. Yes. But the feeling of saying you missed a delivery while you were sitting in your home staring out the window yes and you get the, you get the notification that sorry we missed you we'll try again tomorrow i think it's got to be one of the worst yes. it's got to be one of the worst i will that literally happened i don't know if i told the story i actually got the roborock s7 max v ultra vacuum mop robot <laughs> this thing's very very sorry. fancy i just like the name okay <laughs> it yes is, it's a little bit of a word salad but this robot vacuum I talked about it on HomeKit Insider. It's amazing. It cleans the floors incredibly well. Vacuums, mops, empties itself, and fills itself with water. You have to fill the little tank, but the little robot fills itself. There's even a camera where you can see as it vacuums your floor. It's incredible. So anyway, okay. I was very excited to receive this. It was out of stock for several months. It finally came in stock, ordered it from Amazon, came from UPS. So I was like, okay, this is very good. They were requiring a signature, which always gets me a little, little worried because it means they're not going to just leave it. Hmm. Now, you can go into the UPS website and say, leave at door, don't worry about the signature. But because I have a new address and recently moved, I didn't have that option yet in the UPS My Choice stuff. So I'm sitting the day it's supposed to arrive, very excited. I was on the back porch and looking at my phone, because if someone rings my doorbell, I have the Logitech Circle View doorbell, works with HomeKit, I would get a notification. I would say, oh, all my HomePods would ring. My phone would ring. Someone's at the door. I'll go claim my vacuum. Mm -hmm. And I get the notification, William, yes. that you, I'm sorry we missed you. You're not home. Ooh. I said, what in the world? I'm, I'm sitting right here. Come to find out. I look at my Logitech Circle View video footage and I watch the guy stand at my door for a good five to 10 minutes. And he knocks multiple times, but never rings the doorbell. I mean, the Logitech Circle View, maybe it doesn't look like a typical doorbell to some people. I'm not sure. Mm. But he never touched the doorbell, so I never got a notification. I didn't hear the knocks. I totally missed it. And so, and, and I mean, I got it the next day. First world problems and all. Mm. Really. Can't stand. Has that ever happened with a big Apple release to you where you missed it? 
Yes, but I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, my mind's on that delivery um, man or woman uh, trying so hard for so long and how frustrating it must have been for them. William, I have like a three-minute video of him filling out the slip that says, sorry, we missed you. I have the whole video of him doing it. He was right outside my door. Okay. And I just, I didn't, I didn't walk through the living room at the right time to see it. No. So anyway, I'm interested. The, the one thing about the delivery tracking in Wallet in iOS 16, though, is it only works with Apple Pay. And so one vendor, notably, will never appear in the delivery tracking in Wallet, as far as I can tell, which is Amazon. You cannot use Apple Pay when you buy Amazon stuff. And I don't know about you, but that's a majority of the place where I purchase things is from Amazon. And so as far as I can tell, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you'll be able to get Amazon delivery tracking in the Wallet app. But presumably in the States, you can pay for Amazon stuff with an Apple card. And if you do that, doesn't it effectively become Apple Pay? I haven't got Apple Card here in the UK, so I don't know how it works. But is that a way around it? No, I don't think it's going to be the same kind of integration. Hmm. So we'll see. We'll see when iOS 16 comes out and how that works. But I'm excited for the Apple Pay stuff. I think it'll be, you know, Apple's design for that tracking looks pretty cool. I also want to talk about the Files app improvements in iOS 16. If you use files on your iPad, your iPhone, there are some significant improvements, I think, where if you're going to save to your files, there's now a full window that pops up. You don't just get the weird kind of like choose a file folder in this obscure list. You actually get a full window that comes up, especially on iPad, you know, very visually pleasing, much more like the Mac save a file window that comes up. Mm -hmm. And then you also get view options in the file app where you can sort by different kinds and sizes and Again, more Mac-like, more Finder-like. And then also there's new actions available in the Finder app. And there's new actions available in the Files app. And I think these are the most exciting. You can convert an image right there in the contextual menu in the Files app. You don't have to open it in anything else. You can convert an image. You can remove the background, which is one of the highlight features, I think, of iOS 16, where you can just pull the subject from background. Well, you can do it to a file right there in the Files app. Just type the Share button. There's a remove background option. Background goes away and you get a PNG file. Really cool. Markup option right there in the contextual menu and create PDF. And you can do that all right there in the files app. So I think vast improvements. Have you had any kind of noticeable benefits from the iOS 16 betas in your files app? Um, No, I'm thinking I don't very often use the files app on my phone. I do on my iPad, but my iPad's still on the regular release, not the betas. Although you're tempting me highly. To upgrade to. <laughs> it's it's pretty good and, and my ipad the developer beta 4 has been very good on my ipad pro i'll just say that Ooh. but my other question for you kind of related when it comes to pdfs i've had to deal with some pdfs recently as we kind of gear up for the new school year mm. preview is really good on the mac and you can combine pdfs you can remove pages move them around you can mark stuff up it's really good but doesn't have all the features of say adobe acrobat and some other PDF applications. So William, my question for you is, what, if any, applications on your Mac or iPad do you use to manage markup and just organize PDFs? Like I say, most of the time, if there's a problem with a PDF, I recreate the PDF from scratch, uh, just because of what I'm doing, (laughs) it's quickest. But yes, I was on the London Underground a few years ago now, and a, a client queried an invoice. They needed me to say a particular thing that I didn't, and I used PDF Pen on my phone to add in that text and yes. send it straight back to them and got paid. So uh, I was very keen on PDF Pen that day, yes. Yeah, PDF Pen is very good. 
I think there's also like, like PDF Pen Pro Plus or something that's uh, also very good. On your iPad, do you use anything for filling out PDFs, like with the Apple Pencil or writing it down? No, I don't use an Apple Pencil, actually, because I can't read my own handwriting. It seems unfair <laughs> to make the iPad try. <laughs> How's the uh, scribble feature? Can it recognize and make it in the text? Yeah, let's not ask. Let's not really discuss that. That's um, that's that's a painful topic. So okay, yeah. oh, very sorry, very sorry. Okay, uh, so no, so no Apple Pencil. I use Notability and GoodNotes. I kind of use them for different things, but GoodNotes when I have to deal with a PDF, maybe fill one out by hand because it's some form or whatever. Uh, I like uh, Notability or no, I like GoodNotes for that. I do prefer that, and it syncs over iCloud to your other devices. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So let's do some iPhone 14 rumor roundups real quick. We are very close to Apple event season. September is less than a month away. Yeah. Most likely going to be seeing iPhone 14. I'm very, I don't know, William, but I don't know about you. I'm very excited for some Apple events. Are you excited? Yeah, but I so badly don't want to buy another iPhone. I've bought them every year for years. Like, they're enough now. <laughs> Stick with the 13. You'd love the 13, but you know, you know, I'm going to want the 14 as soon as they show it to us. You know it. Well, and here's the things that's going to make you want it. These are the rumors that have come up until this point. The iPhone 14 Pro model seems to be the one that's really going to stand out. This will be the first year, supposedly, that the 14 Pro and the regular 14 will differ in processor. The rumor was that the A16, the new chip, will only be in the Pro models, not the regular. So that would be first time ever for something like that. Mm. And it's just the Pro models that will get the pill and hole punch instead of the notch display. That'll kind of be the big hardware visual update. Possible 48 megapixel camera. The first time that it's gone any higher than 12 megapixels since I think the iPhone 6S. I think that was the first 12 megapixel camera. And so this will be the first many years later, more megapixels, 8K video, which again, I think it's been iPhone 6S since 4K video launched on the iPhone. So 8K video possibly on the iPhone 14 Pro. And I think the standout feature that will come this year, this was also found in the code, I think several times by several people, the always on display coming to the iPhone 14 Pro. I think, William, that's what's going to get you to upgrade. You're going to want that always on display. Yeah, just for years now, each time it comes around, I've I've gone through quite a lot of uh, angst over whether to buy, say, the iPhone 13 or the iPhone 13 Pro, and I've always ended up buying the Pro version. But uh, and I've been glad about it, but it's always been very uh, close, a really close run thing. But this time around, it feels like the difference is going to be so obvious and so marked that it's a, a clear and easy choice, just a clear and easy and expensive choice. <laughs> but you know, well, I'm curious too about cameras. Because we kind of waffle year to year whether the wide angle or the main camera on the iPhone is the same from the regular to the Pro model. And not just from the regular and Pro, but also the Pro and Pro Max. There have been times when the Pro Max mm. has better lenses. I think that was the case with the 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max. The Pro Max had a faster aperture and different lenses. And then the 13 models all coincided and now the cameras are exactly the same on the 13 Pro and 13 Pro Max. So curious, the differentiation there. There's also been the wide angles pretty much, I think, the same on the 13 and 13 Pro, just the main lens. And if that differs, 48 megapixels on the Pro, but something else on the regular iPhone, again, I think one of the few years that that discrepancy has happened. And if all those changes do come to the Pro, 
I'm curious then what the selling factor will be for the iPhone 14 regular. The other rumor is the larger display. Mm. So you would have like a 14 and a 14 Max and then a 14 Pro and a 14 Pro Max. And that larger size does attract a different audience. People like those bigger size phones, even if they don't care for the other Pro features. Yeah. Like always on display. I think that might be attractive. I think it might be called a plus rather than a max, though, because it used to be oh. the 6 and the 6 plus and 7 and 7 plus, didn't it? So maybe yeah. that will come back. But, I mean, that's just the name. Yeah, I was I was a plus guy from the iPhone 6 onward. I liked the plus. I liked the 6S plus and the 7 plus. Then when the 10 came out, there was only one size. Stuck with that. And then when the iPhone 10s Max came out, for some reason, that larger size just did not agree with my hand the same way the 7 plus did and so that was when i i went back to the regular size but you're you're a regular size guy too right you just have the 13 pro yeah i did actually have a 10s max and I, and I liked it very much but then i went to the 11 pro and i loved it so um yeah the, the big size has lots of advantages but it's just too big yeah uh for me whereas the 11 pro and and that similar size is just perfect yeah, I, I like the Pro size. I'll be sticking to that. Again, unless there's some ridiculous feature that comes to the Pro Max, like 8K video, that is only available there. Yeah, I, I worry about this 8K video thing. Because we have Apple going on and on about things like cinematic mode, multiple videos at the same time, front and back cameras and things. But they're always limited to 1080p, so they are worthless for any actual filmmaking. And it's like this difference between what they can physically do and what they let it do in hardware. I, yeah, I the 14 Pro, they I could see them bringing cinematic mode up to 4K. That would be Because right now, cinematic, like you said, yeah, is only 1080. So 4K cinematic mode would be good. 8K video, I mean... Imagine recording 8K ProRes video. Yeah. That has got to take just yes. gigabytes of data for every second of video. That must be a very, very niche use case. Yes. And, I mean, there are 8K video on some phones now, but, man, you're going to have to get that 512 or higher iPhone if you're going to be doing that. We say that now, but next thing you know, 8K will seem like the norm, the way 4K yeah. does now. That's true. We just, we're greedy. And then it comes well, along, and we're never satisfied. But also battery, William. Oh, Man, that, true, yes. That, you'll, you'll be able to get 30 seconds. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds of 8K video. I actually was doing some video footage around my office uh, for a video, doing some B-roll with my iPhone, because I wanted to use a, a gimbal, yeah. and I only have a, one for my phone. And I was doing 4K video at 60 frames per second. The footage ended up looking great, but... That battery, man, that took a hit. Right. Like it, went, it was at 60, 70% down to like 20 after know, maybe about 30 minutes of filming. So, you know, it, you get a limited amount of time. You need, some, you need a battery around. Hmm. I've not noticed that. My YouTube series is always in 4K. Um, I didn't really need it, but I was just kind of like future-proofing it. Um, and I haven't particularly noticed a massive battery hit. How many frames? Oh, good point. Actually, I don't know what I've set it to. I should check that. I, I do. I noticed the difference going from 30 to 60 a lot. Right. And because I was wanting to slow it down a little bit, but didn't want to do slow-mo mode. Yeah. Because that's only t 1080. So doing the 60 frames per second at 4K, I wasn't even doing ProRes. I was just doing regular. And that's when it really hit, the 60 frames per second. Mm. We'll see. I'm excited for another Apple event. I'm excited for the fall, for some new devices. I don't think this, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I would love a larger HomePod to just appear out of the ether at some Apple event. 
What, what do you hope outside of the norms, the regular upgrades from iPhone and stuff like that? What is something that you hope to see this fall, William, from Apple? That's an you're going to buy it as soon as Apple says it, if they announce it. Uh, Ted Lasso season four. Um, William, that's that's the sickness talking. That's, that's not uh, anything blue, really. That would be nice. Um, <laughs> okay. um, I really like my HomePod. I like them enough that I don't see me replacing them, even if Apple comes out with a new one. But I'd, I'd like to see Apple coming back into the, the bigger HomePod space. Yes. I think maybe I just have a failure of imagination. What was the last thing that they surprised me with? Well, the Mac Studio was a big surprise, wasn't it? Right. Maybe there's something else like that that we didn't see coming and we'll always want. If they make an updated blue Magic Keyboard for your iPad, would you buy that even though you already have a Magic Keyboard? I would be strongly tempted, yes. What What if they have a magic... Okay, here it is. A blue magic keyboard with a function row where you can adjust keyboard backlit brightness right on the keyboard. What if it had a touch bar? That would be good. All right, we're, mo- we're moving on. We're moving on. We are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving on. Real quick, last couple things. Apple is doing different and more app store ads they're going to make it to available to developers where they can purchase an ad that will appear either on the today page in the app store or even in the you might also like area so let's say you search for an app like pocket cast one of my favorite podcast apps well developers will soon be able to buy an ad that appears towards the bottom of that search result where it says you might also like and it suggests other apps and developers will be able to pay for their app to appear there. Whenever Apple talks about new kinds of ads, like in the App Store, it's always mixed emotions, mixed reviews. Some really don't like it because it feels like the App Store is getting very ad-driven. And even especially the ads that show up at the top of search results, many times you could tell when there's a paid ad that is targeting keywords like Overcast. And when you search for Overcast, you see some random podcast app at the very top because it's some kind of search ad. Yeah. And so there's some cleaning up, I think, to do. But also, this all gives developers a way to get their app in front of more people, which can be very difficult, especially, you know, you can do a podcast ad for your app. We would love to hear if you have an app and you want to advertise it, you can advertise it on our show. And that's one way to get word out. Sometimes that might be out of the budget or might not be what you're looking for. So I'd be curious if there's developers out there excited about these new kinds of ads. Do you have any feelings about these uh, App Store ads, William? Uh, I worry about the one where you can be uh, paid to be in the you might also like thing. I would hope there's at least some algorithm there that genuinely is that you might also like. It'd be terrible if it was all paid you might also like. That would not feel right. I also wonder if we will someday soon have ads in other Apple apps, maybe... Apple Music. I don't know, because that's kind of a paid service, so maybe we won't see it there. But I do think, I don't have any information on this, but ads in Apple Podcasts, I feel is something that is in the near future. There's already apps that do this. Overcast sells ads in specific categories, and so you can target an audience through an Overcast ad, and those who use the free version of the app will see that ad. I've actually done an ad not for this show, but for another podcast in the Overcast app. And it was actually noticeably successful. I mean, we saw an uptick in listens and even follows from that particular ad. And so they do work. And the Apple Podcast app is the biggest podcast app still where people go to see it. And so the ability to pay to have your podcast surfaced higher in the Apple Podcast app, I feel like that might be a thing. And honestly, 
I would be kind of down for that because I might do it for my own shows. How would you feel about that, William? So you say, I, I have a podcast, I'm working away, and someone else can get some money out of some ads being inserted around it. No, no, no. Like if I say, I want people who are interested in technology podcasts to see the Apple Insider podcast and possibly listen and follow it. So let's say they search in the Apple Podcast app for tech podcasts, that there could be a space for an ad placement where they would see Apple Insider podcast at the top like you would see in the App Store search. Oh. Or maybe on the Discover tab in the Apple Podcasts app, there could be, you know, pay for some kind of visual position for a set amount of time as an ad, that kind of stuff. No, oh, that makes more sense. I'd be happy enough with that. Yes. In fact, I'm quite intrigued by that. Hmm. And then I think it would, it would give the ability for smaller shows that don't have a big audience to show up. It's the Browse tab, excuse me, in the Apple Podcasts app. And, you know, if you're not featured by Apple as a new or noteworthy, you might never show up on that browse tab as a podcast. Yeah. And the ability to kind of pay to be featured on there even for just a week and possibly find an audience, I think, I don't know, I think I might be down for that. Hmm. Okay. All right. And we'll end finally. I just want to throw this in here. We're starting this early, William. Yes. This is in preparation for 2023. <laughs> but as we've been doing the iOS 16 betas and I've been running it on my iPad, I'm, I'm starting my wish list for iOS 17. Right. So, so we're okay. looking to WWDC 2023. Here's, I'm just starting. And there was a great thread. I'll put a link to the tweet thread because listeners shared some of the things that they're hoping for, which were also great suggestions. Some of my wish list for iOS 17, shared vaults for iCloud keychain. Uh -huh. I recently had the need to share a login with my son for his Microsoft account on the Xbox. I had it saved in my one password. And so I was like, what's the best way where I can share his logins with him so he can use it on his devices? I said, man, one password for families is great for that. But I kind of would love the first party option to be able to have a family shared iCloud keychain as well. So kind of what one password does, but doing it in iCloud keychain. So shared iCloud keychain vault, maybe just for your family, whatever's in your iCloud family group. Of course, I mentioned this before, but clipboard managers, maybe just on iPad, yeah. but the ability for third parties like Pastebot to do it, maybe even a first party option, clipboard managers would be great. And this garnered some feedback, but the Apple TV, I would love for it to trigger certain HomeKit scenes and automations. And you can use wake or sleep Apple TV in shortcuts and create shortcuts with those actions. But I really prefer creating scenes directly in HomeKit, directly in HomeKit, because I feel like they run more reliably. My kids can run them by talking to a HomePod. And there is already an automation trigger for when an accessory is controlled. You can have it so when you turn on this light switch, these other lights turn on or vice versa. So there's already the automation option for when an accessory is controlled. I would love for the Apple TV to be a choice for that automation. Right now, you can't have it where when an Apple TV wakes up or goes to sleep, which I would love it where I can just tap the button on my Siri remote to wake my Apple TV and it automatically sets the scene to watch a movie where it dims the lights and does this. So I would like for the Apple TV to be able to be in that accessories controlled automation options, which it's the main HomeKit hub. I mean, this is Apple's like thread enabled matter ready HomeKit hub. I feel like you should be able to use it in HomeKit automations. So that's the Apple TV stuff. 
And then of course, HomeKit widgets. Apple still does not give you any widgets for your home built into iOS, which seems a little wild. And interactive widgets. We've had widgets now for a couple of years. Oh yeah. We thought maybe we'd have interactive ones, but not so much. And before I mention any from our listeners, do you have any uh, you'd like to add to the wish list? That last one, the interactive widgets, is, was the first thing I thought of when you said it. Um, I really like that. Uh, is this the same thing? I'd like more than two terabytes of iCloud storage, please. Yes. That would be nice. Yes. I've, I've actually paid for the four terabytes now. Oh, you managed to get that working. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you do the Apple One premium level, and I've, I was able, I don't know if it's because it's, uh, my family iCloud is full, like I have six total people in it. Yeah. Or five total, whatever the whatever it is, um, I pay the additional ten dollars for the two extra terabytes, so I have four terabytes total. Show off! <laughs> I, I couldn't get it to work for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah. But a lot okay. of people have trouble with that. I, I don't know why. This one was interesting. Tell me what you think. This was ill underscore to on Twitter. He said widgets for Apple TV, and this blew my mind. I said that is an incredible idea because. I would love to replace the up next TV screen that tries to show you whatever episodes you've left off. That would be great as a widget and then be able to add other widgets on like a home screen for the Apple TV. Maybe it's a folder of your streaming apps, but also maybe there's a widget with your HomeKit cameras that's just live view right there on the widget. Maybe you have a weather widget right there on the Apple TV home screen or any other kind, even if you want to do things like calendar or maps or whatever who knows but man widgets on the apple tv i feel like that's a thing that could be a thing but there's no room for them we're all these streaming services we need that are taking up space on the screen you can't fit in a widget as well no well that that's what i think the streaming things i mean they already live on another page you know you already have like the up next page and then the actual app grid which you can do it like a swipe up and get the drawer of apps or have like a folder on the home screen that shoots you into the different streaming apps. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think that'd be cool. (laughs) Screen time on Apple TV. That was a recommendation from James Proch. Now again, that was good recommending family sharing contacts, similar to like the shared iCloud photo library that's coming in iOS 16. That would be great. iCloud password keychain app. That was H McKevin on Twitter. I would like that as well. Yeah. More shortcuts actions and things like that. That's, that's the start of my wish list, William. As, as we go through this year, I'd love to know your wish list as we go. Yeah, I'll think about it. The thing that's on my mind most now is that I would like iOS 16 to fix. Uh, it's broken the uh, my automations for changing my watch faces at night and things, and oh. I can't see why. I'd like that back, please. <laughs> so, nice. And fix fix the bugs. That's always, yes. uh, that's always well, a welcome update. There fix you the go. Bugs. Exactly. Fix the bugs. Yeah. Listen to Twitter, William and I, what other things you would like to add to the massive iOS 17 wish list? We'll keep it going all year long until WWDC. Of course, you can support the show at patreon.com slash Apple Insider or directly in Apple Podcasts. And if you give us a five-star review, I'd love to give you a shout out at the beginning of the show. William, we hope you feel better soon. Thank you. We'll catch you next time.